0: Second podcast on Dice Tower Con 2017. We're taking over where we were last week. We're going to continue talking about the games we played and talk more about our experiences uh, at the convention. I am Jacob.
1: I'm Jeff,
2: and I'm Emily.
0: And we're here to rock your world with board games yes. and other things. That's, That's a great sweetheart. introduction. Maybe I'll keep that. Will that be our slogan? We rock your world. Your world. We rock yeah, your world sure. with board games.
2: I like that at the at the end.
0: we rock your world (laughs) dot 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 (laughs) with board games so we're going to jump right into it let we ended with game of thrones second edition last time and now we're going to start with a game that we literally played only two turns of and that is great western trail from york spiel and stronghold games it's a 2016 game it's a very popular game i didn't realize it's it's one of the big hits from the last year or so and we saw a lot of people playing it and this was in the was it the popular game area, Jeff?
3: Hot new
2: game. Yeah, it was.
0: Now, Emily had her sights on this, so I'll let you talk about it then.
2: Okay. So, I don't know why this game kept just kind of catching my attention. Um, I think it had something to do. I have some kind of nostalgia. When I was younger, I used to play some Yukon Trail computer game that you basically mined for gold. I don't know. So, <laughs> um, I just have this kind of fascination with games that are set in this, like, Going out west, so when I saw this game, um, it just kind of grabbed my attention, just personal interest, and um, like you said, everyone was playing it. I felt like every, I I saw it everywhere. Saw it in the Hot New Games area. I felt like I've heard people talk about it, um, and I've just, I've never heard of it before. I don't think before I came to Dice Tower, so it just um, appealed to me. So I was glad we got to play it, even if it was just for two turns.
0: (laughs) Now this Great Western Trail, and I feel really bad because the individual who introduced the game to us he taught it to us he said he was an editor for the Dice Tower newsletter uh and I thought I remembered his name and I don't have it in my notes anywhere and I feel really bad so if he's out there listening to this uh let us know who you are we love you thank you so much for your patience because we were tired and out of it and (laughs) very
2: last day like right before
0: yeah we were trying very hard and this game is a mix of all sorts of things there's a little bit of deck building it's kind of a deck builder but it's also moving characters around a board there's several components there's a lot of moving parts in this game you can't just say it's a straight deck builder you can't just say it's a straight i don't know if worker placements the right word but there's definitely levels of trying to fill in spots and and do things it's kind of a mess
2: Yeah, I think, like you said, there's so much going on. There's so many mechanics. I felt like there was just not one strategy uh, to win the game um, because there were so many different routes you could take, so many different areas that you could focus on. So, you know, hopefully we do get to actually play a full full playthrough of the game to kind of see if those all mesh together or if it's just too much and it's a little overwhelming.
0: I agree. I would like to give this game a full playthrough, but it does seem incredibly overwhelming in terms of what's my strategy, is there a strategy do I just do things you know, Jeff was the first one to get one of the the cows you can get I was one of the first ones you were the one of the first ones to put a a location down but then I put one on and it was just all sorts of crazy silly nonsense and I, I was into it, I was into it, I just didn't know how to approach it.
1: Yeah unfortunately, we, with that game you definitely need someone who's experienced with it because we just didn't know what the F we were doing. So. <laughs> we had no idea.
2: <laughs> That's kind of one of those things where, um, when you are teaching a game, you know, having a teacher just kind of explain the roles to you and then leave versus having a teacher who is playing the game with you alongside you kind of helping you throughout the playthrough. Mm.
0: Yeah. It was really good to have him there helping us. And then he left us on our mm-hmm. own and then crazy things happened. We, we weren't, weren't ready. ready. We weren't
1: ready. And yeah, no, we definitely weren't. Uh, We definitely have to try it again.
0: Agreed. I'm going to touch on the next one real quick. This is a game from 2015, Cmon Limited. It is a game we have reviewed on our website and played many times. It is The Grizzled, along with the expansion At Your Orders. We played it very quick as an in-between game. I just wanted to bring it up because, again, haven't played it in a while. Still love it. Still think it's great.
2: It's another great palate cleanser between those long and tense games.
1: Yeah, I I love it. I haven't played it with my group in a while, so definitely need to get it back to the table.
0: It's always nice when you have a game you really like and you haven't played it in a while because you're playing all these new things. You just kind of come back to it. You kind of rediscover it. And that's what happened. And I'll talk about that again in a moment because that next one is a game that I did not get to play, but Emily did. I don't think Jeff got to play it. This is a 2012 game from Mayday Games called Lemonade Stand.
3: <laughs> oh, I thought y'all did get no, to play uh,
0: it. What happened was Jared bought a copy of this game for really cheap And he was sitting down with us, or he was sitting down with me and Lexi, and she was playing with her friend, John. And Jared was reading through the rules, and he was having trouble figuring out how the game was going, and we were kind of running out of time because we were going to all jump into that big deception game. So we put it away for then, and we jumped into Unexploded Cow, and so I didn't get to play Lemonade Stand. But you did, Emily. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's going on here?
2: (laughs) Okay, so Lemonade Stand, like you said, uh, it is such a great game. And it is one of my big regrets that I did not pick it up because he did only pay like $5 for it. And it's another great palate cleanser. Not so much one that, I mean, I guess if you got used to it, you could just pick it up and play. But it does take a little bit of time in the beginning to kind of figure out the strategy. Lemonade Stand is a game, it's a quick, easy card game where basically you are a kid trying to have a lemonade stand um, and each day you have to buy lemonade and attract customers, but there's different components. Like, is it going to be sunny? If it's going to be sunny, then you're going to get a lot of customers. So you have to make a lot of lemonade. If it's going to be rainy, you're not going to get a lot of customers. So it's a, kind of like a, a betting game. There's that economy component to it. And you're kind of looking at what everyone else is doing, you know, are, what, what, are they betting on? Um, so it's a really neat game. It does take a minute to kind of get the rules down and get all the little parts of it. Um, But once you do, it goes by pretty quick. So I think it would be a great palate cleanser game between some of those high intensity games.
0: I think we need to find a copy of this. See if we can find a copy, give it a shot. It looked adorable.
2: It is really adorable. And it's so funny because um, there's certain cards in there that are kind of like power-ups where um, you can like steal someone else's lemonade or you can steal their customers (laughs) um, and different things like that. Lemonade um, stands
0: a ruthless business. It is. It
2: is. Those kids on the block. I mean, <laughs> so it's just pretty neat. And it does it, it kind of have that nostalgia of like, you know, being a kid, having lemonade stand, you know, that's your biggest problems in life. <laughs> uh,
0: Jeff, <laughs> did go. you used to do the lemonade stands with us?
1: Yes, I believe so.
0: Jeff and I grew up around the block from each other and our parents had built two big lemonade stands that we had kept in our garages forever. And every once in a while... My brother and and his sister would be like, yeah, we're gonna sell some lemonade on the on the street, and we were on a very busy street growing up, uh, like the kind where you don't really stop for lemonade, but but we I remember that anyway.
2: It's just funny because I feel like having a lemonade stand is something that you see in movies and commercials, but like people actually
0: don't really don't do right. Do it.
2: I mean, I say that, but I mean, I had um in Georgia. I don't know if you have lived here long enough to notice the silver comet trail. No. Okay, so it's this huge walking, biking trail that goes all throughout Georgia, and um, there was like a little stop near my house, and so we would go and sell little cups of lemonade and cookies. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, <laughs> on the trail, so, but, I mean, I don't know. I, lemonade, con- lemonade stand, that's like a concept everyone's familiar with, um, so it's a, another one where that theme is easy to kind of get into.
1: I actually picked up a uh, lemonade stand uh, from my local game store earlier. I- they had it? Yeah, they had it, uh, and unfortunately it's going out of business, so they were having some sales, and I was like, yeah, might as well.
0: That is very depressing news to hear. I liked that store.
1: Yeah, I know. I liked it too, but uh, c'est la vie, right?
2: Have you had a chance to play it yet? No, not
1: yet. Uh, I'm learning that with uh, a couple of other games that I'm trying to play, but we'll go into that later.
0: Uh, moving on, another one I'm going to touch on just real quick, and that is the 2015 Osmo Day game, another one we've reviewed on the website, another popular one with us, and that is Mysterium. I played Mysterium with a complete group of strangers, didn't know a single one of them. Uh, they had a players wanted sign, and I just kind of showed up and said, hey, what's up? And it turns out one of the people I played with lives a half hour away from me here in Georgia. He lives in South Carolina in Aiken, uh, which was exciting. And I have his number. I should get in touch with him.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: It's it's always different when you're playing with different people because everyone has a different perspective on how to play. My thoughts on it now is I'm kind of finding the game to become very easy. So the next time I play it with a large group, I might want to put it on like the harder setting where there's more cards out or less crows or something. Yeah, but that's just my take on that. So,
2: Oh, I totally forgot there was a harder setting. We definitely should play on that setting. Because I, I agree that you get kind of the hang of it. And it starts to get to a point also, even with the expansion cards, where it's like certain cards, if you play with the same group, you kind of know what they're leaning towards when they play the that same card. same interpretations, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, now, I've heard a lot of people say that Mysterium is a Dixit killer. Do you agree?
0: Well, here's the thing. I, I kind of agree in the sense that it replaces Dixit in terms of that mechanic and that style, seeing these cards and interpreting them, because I think it's a fuller game. Dixit's very short, but when we played Dixit, again, it was very refreshing to play that game again. It was uh, It was nice to revisit an old classic I loved in that competitive style, so... No, you don't necessarily have to get rid of Dixit if you have Mysterium. You can incorporate the cards too if you want. You can combine them.
2: I agree. I don't think I would want to play Mysterium and Dixit the same game night.
0: No. <laughs> like The
2: style is so similar, it's, but they are two different games. I agree.
0: Yeah. Our next game is a 2016 game from AEG and that is Mystic Veil. Vale. Jeff owns a copy of this game. I got to play it at Midnight or one in the morning with Albert Jared, and Aaron, and we were taught by someone named Sarah Traeger. She was volunteering with formal Ferret, and she just randomly came by and saw we were trying to figure this game out and she's like, "I can demo this for you, and we're like, "Please do and I think Jeff went to bed, and Emily, you were either i think you were think knee deep Robinson in 10%. Robinson Crusoe that evening. <laughs> And so it's not a deck builder so much as it is a card builder. You have these sleeved cards and you're buying inserts and you're putting them into the inserted card and it's making the cards different and stronger. And you then use that to get better cards and eventually get victory points. And I've, I've heard great things about the game. Uh, it didn't really strike me at first as something I needed to try and get. And now that i played it, I think it's fantastic. And the fact that I do not yet own a copy surprises me. The best part about this game was I left and I still won because I gave my cards over to Sarah. And I apparently, while I was playing, I had built a super card and I got too tired. And I'm like, guys, I'm not feeling good. I got go, I gotta go to bed. So she took over for me. And the next morning, everyone came to me and said, yeah, you won. So victory for me. Uh, we're sorry about that. Uh, Jeff's electricity went out, and that yeah. was about two weeks ago. So No, was it really two
2: weeks ago? I guess yeah, it, it was two weeks ago. It out.
0: was two weeks ago, and uh, oh. I don't know what was going on last weekend, but it was it was bad. Uh, yeah. So I figured we'd just jump right back into where we were. I think before Jeff got cut off, we were talking about Mystic Veil, vale, and I think I was talking about enough already, but then I asked Jeff what his opinions on the game was, because I know he has it and owns it, and then he was gone. So... Yeah.
1: Well, Mystic Veil is a. uh, With my game group, it's a little brain burnery for some reason. I don't know why, but it's just the fact of them trying to calculate okay, we have two here. (laughs) How many more do I have in my deck before I spoil? So it's. They just went through the whole entire thing of okay, what's my chances of getting it? And it's just. It can break my game group sometimes. So
0: it's fun. I found it odd that when I was playing it with uh, the people there, everyone just kept trying to push the past the spoil to see if they could get one more thing. (laughs) So they went three turns in a row where they couldn't buy anything. And I'm just like, you know, start small, build it up. But I guess it's got that, you know, that draw of just pushing a little bit more, kind of like Celestia does in a way in other like push your luck games.
1: Yeah, it's just that. One more. Just one more. Just one, one more, one please. More. Just one
0: more. One more. So that was Mystic Vale. Next, we have a game called The Networks, uh, which came out in 2016 from Formal Ferret Games. This is one of the games we tried uh, at the Formal Ferret Games booth. This was taught to us by... Uh, Jeff, do you remember her name?
1: Her name is Katie Carell.
0: Katie Carell. Okay, yes. Katie Carell. Uh, she was teaching... She taught it to you first. And then I came by and I wanted to learn it too. And then you came by to, to play again. And she just kinda idly mentions, Oh yeah, I was on TV. I was uh on oh, uh, I was on King of the Nerds season two or season oh, wow. one. Wow. And we're like, Oh yeah, that's uh that that's a that's a that's pretty crazy. And then she's like, Yeah, I also like build robots for Universal Studios. And we're just going <laughs> <kind of> like <laughs> You're kinda of burying the lead here. Like, yeah. like that's that's crazy. So um that was uh we did this on sunday so i'm sure she was not impressed by jeff and i and by jeff and I, I mean me because i was just kind of sort of really loopy and out of it so but yeah the game the game so jeff what's going on with this game what is the networks
1: networks basically your heads of a uh TV channel and you're trying to collect shows and commercials and trying to get them into the appropriate slots to get you the most viewers. It has a little bit of set collection element where if you're able to get all shows of a certain genre you're gonna get certain bonuses. Also you have network cards which are uh, some of them can be a little take that but also most of them benefit yourself like keeping your shows from aging and whatnot. It's a really interesting show. Uh, show really
0: uh, No, yeah a show it is a show <laughs> <laughs> it is a show too <laughs> and i it's it's got a lot of great humor because the cards and tv shows are all references to you know shows that have been out there before or recurring shows you know you've got like a uh, guy who's in every sci-fi show or uh they call it per- like perky hipster girl and she looks just like zoe de and it's it's very funny. The game looks super cute.
2: It did look really cute. I was very jealous that I did not get to try it out.
0: But you will. You'll get to I try will. it because I, I did buy a copy. Jeff, did you get a copy?
1: No. I was really, really thinking about it, but you talked me out of it.
0: I did? Good. Probably because yes. you were overloaded with games.
1: <laughs> yeah. I need to remember to bring an empty suitcase with me that <laughs> I can carry. <laughs>
0: So I did have uh, Designer Gilhova sign it for me, and I got it specifically because not only was it a very fun and cute game, but uh, one of Anita's favorite things in the world is TV. She loves TV. She loves watching TV, and I think she'll get a big kick out of this when we finally get to play it all together. And, yeah.
1: I absolutely love it, so I'll probably try and pick it up sooner or later.
0: Let's move on to a game that Emily has played uh... (laughs) because... You know these last, these last two. Issues, hey Emily, just sit here and listen to us talk about these games you didn't play. Sounds good. Um, yeah, so we're <laughs> gonna play this. This next game is from Geek Attitude Games. It came out last year. It's getting a lot of a uh, lot of hype, and it's called Not Alone. We played this with Jared, and do we play it with Albert?
1: No, it was just the three of us and uh, Jared.
0: And Jared, Jared was the alien, and we were the not aliens. And yes. in this game, we are trying to. What is it? What's the goal of this game again? Is it to survive a certain number of turns?
1: Yeah, it's to survive a certain amount of turns. So then the rescue ship can actually rescue us.
0: Yeah. And each turn, each of us are secretly picking a location we want to go to. And the alien then picks their own location and they try very hard to find us.
1: I liked it a lot because of the one versus all element because it's just so simple you play a card and just hope that the alien doesn't eat you
2: <laughs> and i felt like it was pretty balanced for both the alien and for us yeah there at one point i felt like wow the alien i mean has a lot of advantages <laughs> for him but overall i think it was you know it had that good mix of you don't feel like playing as the alien that it's too tough playing against all these other people where everyone's kind of going against you and then as like a not alien, as one of the trying to survive, it was kind of a fun, you know, I felt like if you played it right, if you were lucky, it, you could end up getting a lot of cool stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: And Jacob, I just felt so bad because I know. he kept picking your your card. And like... He
0: kept picking me and I got one of those cards that were allowed to play at a certain point and it was... It was a card that can only only be played under certain circumstances and that circumstance never <laughs> arrived. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there going, Oh, so I had a I had a mopey time with this game, but I, I enjoyed it. And I would like to give it another shot and I would yeah. love to play it with a larger group. I think this would be a really cool kind of not not a party game per se, but the kind of game you do when you've got a lot of people looking mm-hmm. to play games.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Next game, I'm going to talk about it real quick. I played this uh, with that individual whose name I forgot. He played Seven Wonders Duel with us, or with me, and then he played Fear of Dracula with us. This is Onitama oh, yes. from Arcane Wonders. This was the first game I had him play with me when he was just looking for something to play that you know he could kind of figure out and get into. Uh, again, I love this game. It's just so simple. It's quick. It's you know five minutes or five to ten minutes, if anything. And I got to pick up those two promo cards they had, which was pretty sweet. Under um, under sketchy circumstances. And <laughs> and actually, this might be a good time to talk about that. Take a break from the games and just talk about this for a second. There was a table set up
3: oh, with
0: goodness. promos. Now, last year when we did Dice Tower Con, they would have people who worked for the Dice Tower, you know, Sam and Z and other people, walk up and down the line as people waited to check in. The check-in line took forever. And mm. they would go up and down. And they would hand out promos to people. They would just kind of just hand them out. And that was really cool. And I think Jeff, he got me that um, the legendary promo for Apocalypse.
1: Yes, I did.
0: Yes, he did. Thank you very much. Uh, and this year, they decided to have a table set up. And when I looked at it, it was right near where we were standing in line. There was no line or anything. People we were just going up to it and taking stuff. And uh, it turns out there was a line. And I just kind of cut in there and grabbed a bunch of stuff. And then I got punished. Through karma for the rest of the the con for that, is what I'm pretty sure what happened.
2: <laughs> that all, it all makes sense now.
0: It all it all works out. You know this is what happened So then um, I remember you guys went over and I'm like, what's taking them so long? And I see you standing online line. And Jeff calls me and, and he, <laughs> you sounded so legitimately upset. You're like, there's a <laughs> line and you cut it, you idiot. And I'm just like, sorry.
1: Yeah, no, I was just ribbing you. Yeah. But yeah. It, <laughs> Yeah, like a jerk, you cut
2: the line. Like a jerk.
0: (laughs) So nothing different. (laughs) (laughs) So Jared, he was working with Gray Fox Games there. And this is the second year I think he was working with Gray Fox Games, and I think he's working with them for Gen Con and other conventions too. Yes. Sadly, I did not get to try a lot of Gray Fox Games, I think, this year at at the booth, but one of them that he did show us was Order of the Gilded Compass, which came out last year.
1: Yeah, that one is interesting. I'd definitely love to get an actual playthrough of it, other than we played a turn and then Jared had to leave because he had to speak with other people.
0: Because he was too cool for us, is what it is. He was just too cool for us.
1: Yeah, Jared, we love you. (laughs) But yeah, it's interesting. It's a, you're rolling dice and you, depending on what you roll, you can allocate them to certain things. So if you have like a run, you can send them to... There was an auction house, library. There was also the treasure tower, which was actually really interesting. Cause if you got too far up the track, you were actually pushed off. So it was that push your luck of like, okay, I might be the first one there, but I don't think anybody's gonna really gonna try and go for it too much. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm getting better stuff now. Cause someone got there. Okay, I'm getting the best stuff, but. Looks like that person's gonna go there. Hopefully not.
0: And this this game is just straight dice rolling and dice allocation. So if if you know if you're looking for a game that's like straight dice rolling in a way, kind of sort of like Elder Sign or any of the other little games where you're just kind of rolling a bunch of dice, this is just like that in that way. Yeah. And uh, and I I'd like to give it another shot too, like a full game.
1: Yeah. Same here.
0: Yeah. And now we're going to do another game that Emily didn't play because I think this is great. <laughs> I like the part where we're talking about things and Emily's just sitting there. Um, this is <laughs> a game I've been dying to play for some time, and I'm glad I remembered to pick it up at the library there. And that is Matagot's Raptor.
3: Oh. Which, mm-hmm. um, I need to a get a copy of game. this
0: game. I need to get a copy of this game so bad because it's it, it hits a lot of things that I'm looking for. First of all, it's got dinosaurs. And for me. And now
2: you have a other, another dinosaur game.
0: What is my other dinosaur game? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Apex. We didn't talk about that one. That's Apex. Um, I don't think I did... we talked
2: about it because we didn't play it.
0: <laughs> we didn't play it because I didn't realize that I have a, I have an early Kickstarter version, and it's the it's the very first game I ever Kickstarted. And apparently they released a second version with better rules because it's like a 30-page rulebook, yeah. and it doesn't tell you anything. And I'm just like, oh, I'll read the rules and we'll learn how to play it. And I'm like, I don't have time for this, guys. I, I need a full weekend for this. And then, Yeah, because
2: it was more like a glossary than a rule book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was like, this is an index. This is what each card does. We're not going to tell you how to set the game up. We're not going to tell you how it works. Just this is how it's going to happen. And I'm like, <laughs> I just want to play with dinosaurs.
1: I'm sure Board Game Geek has a copy online that you can uh, look into.
0: Oh, I definitely will, will do that. And... I'll see. It's got a solo version too so I can play through it and see what it's like and then I'll I'll know whether or not it's, you know, worth having. Uh, but it's cool <laughs> cuz it's dinosaurs and the art's cool and I like deck builders. But Raptor is not a deck builder. Raptor is a 1 versus 1 game where one person plays as the mama raptor and the little babies and the other person plays as the scientists. Now, the scientists are trying to capture 3 of the baby raptors so that they can study them and the raptor is trying to kill all of the scientists
1: or have her babies escape
0: <laughs> or have her babies escape but killing scientists is also fun oh, um, yes yeah. <laughs> it is a semi-modular board there's certain sides it's 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 different pieces of uh of square boards that can be flipped over to different sides or rotated and all the characters move around in a um orthogonical movement so there's no diagonal movement And the way it works is each person's going to play a card with a number on it. Now, whoever has the lowest number gets to play the action on that card. The other player gets to take a number of actions based on the difference. So if Jeff plays a two card and I play a nine card, Jeff gets to do the action on his two. But then I'll get seven uh, actions of which include like moving around, shooting the dinosaur or having the dinosaur attack someone. And it's that trying to figure out what to play and when to play it that, uh, that really makes the, the strategy of this game. And what would happen is this game doesn't seem like it would take a while, but it did because after a while, Jeff and I, for example, would keep playing the same cards or keep like interacting or doing the same thing back and forth because we were like in each other's heads. we were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So uh, it came down to the wire. It was uh it was an impressive game. I don't know how much replay I would get out of it. I, I think after several plays, I would think I'd know how to do both sides, but I love the theme, I love the art, and I love the game so much that I think I would get it no matter what.
2: Well, and I love those two, even though I didn't get to play Raptor, from what it sounds like, I love that when a two player game, each player has a different end goal and a little bit of a different process how to get there. I feel like that's what kinda adds that interest to a two player game and keeps both players really engaged throughout the game
1: yeah i love this game i definitely like the raptor side a little bit better agreed because seriously who doesn't want to play a
0: raptor (laughs) i know i think the biggest problem with this game is sometimes you don't get to be the raptor (laughs)
3: yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think this has the funniest cover art i've ever seen in my life because it is just a screaming raptor with his mouth wide open. It's almost comical, and like people running away, like, What did we do? What have yeah. we done? <laughs>
1: yes, you have the girl that's just like, Oh, there's a oh, raptor behind us. Oh, crap. And then you have the old guy just like, So we meet again.
0: <laughs> and the raptor's just like, <laughs> I don't know why. It just cracks me up every time I look at it.
1: Oh, it's so entertaining. But. It is oh, it's so hard to actually find wherever you go, whether it's cool stuff, miniature market, it's sold out. It's, it is a very popular game.
0: We will find it. So now it's the time for me to shut up because the next game is from Osprey Games, and this is the 2013 game Ravens of Three Sahashri.
2: Oh, yes.
0: Yes.
1: Okay, so Ravens of Three Sahashri is a two-player asymmetrical co-op game. If you really go into the theme, it's one person plays Ren, who is a girl who basically went into a coma, and then she has a friend, Fen, who uh, is a psychic, and he's trying to wake her up by bringing back fragments of her memory and completing what's called a dodu-itsu, a uh, Japanese poem. And it's a really puzzly, really thinky game, because As the fifth player, you get to place down pretty much any amount of cards that you want into a tableau that the Ren player has to pick from to complete their poem. So it goes 7, 7, 7, 5 and you have to complete each one in order. It is very puzzly because you have different shades on the cards and there are different uh, rules for placing the cards and then Ren just Has to pick one card, so they're trying to communicate as much information as they can from that pick. It is challenging to say the least.
2: Yes, now I enjoy this game so much playing it with Jeff at Dice Tower that I actually bought the game and have played it with Sean. And I don't know if maybe we're not playing it right or what, but Sean and I, Sean was a little hesitant about the game, I think, because of the theme. Um, and just cause this, the game style is a little different than I feel like a lot of other games. It, it's a card game, but it's not necessarily like, it's not a deck builder and, and it's not, you know, it's just a little, it's just a little different. And we, we played it twice and both times was, were fairly easy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we're playing it correctly. I'm not sure. But what I think is most challenging is like you said about, we can't speak to each other when we're playing. So we really have no idea, you know, what the other person has. You have to pick up on those subtle hints. And if you're not paying attention, you'll just completely miss them.
1: Mm -hmm. I'd say it's a little more interesting to play the Feth player because they're able to do that tableau building. Mm -hmm. But I actually love the Ren side because it's like code names where you have to get as much information out as possible with very limited information that you can actually say. Well, in this case, do the way I totally forgot to go over the way that you win. Uh, oops. So, the way that you win. You is don't. <laughs> you never win. <laughs> is you have to win three rounds altogether. So, you go through the first round, second round, regular game. You can kind of take your time to go through it, but the last round, you have to complete a line of the poem every single turn. So it's just a lot of stuff is going on, and then just that final puzzle is like, okay, what do I have to do? What can I do? What can I do? And then Mm -hmm. you fail miserably. But in (laughs) the case of Emily and I, we actually succeeded.
2: Mm -hmm. We did
0: my only experience with this game is and anyone listening can go find it on the geek and spiels youtube channel uh of a time when i it was 22 hours into our gaming marathon last year last november and jeff decided i'm going he's going to teach this game to me and i, I it, it, you could see how it goes it does not go well so we, we ended up putting the game away <laughs>
2: Now, what did you? I mean, when you played it, what was kind of sticking out to you as being like, you know, this is just not for me right now.
0: Oh, for the, at that moment, it was probably because I didn't understand the point of the game fully. And
2: mm-hmm. I think that Sh- that was Sean's issue too.
0: And there was a the way it was working was one of us was not doing very much, and I forget who was doing what. I think Jeff gave me the one who's doing something, and I think Jeff wasn't doing something, mm-hmm. or it was one of us was just sitting there doing nothing except looking at the card and going yes, no, and and it, it, again, uh, four or five in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So of course I'll give it a shot, but I also like giving crap about it. So <laughs> <laughs> the next game is a uh, one is a game from Haba Games, and I think it's also probably one of their most popular games, and that's the uh, 2011 Rhino Hero.
2: Oh, I remember playing this at our 24-hour game marathon for the first time, and it was fun revisiting it at Dice Tower Con.
0: Yes, the first time we played it at the 24-hour, uh, I believe Eric lost, and when it dropped down a bit, he punched the whole tower, and that was very <laughs> funny.
1: Yeah. He kind of raged. Me. Uh,
0: we played it while sitting, waiting for the uh, the line to begin moving, because uh, we got there pretty early. So, yeah, that game is just, it's just fun, right?
1: It is fun.
0: The way that the game works is
1: that it's basically it's Jenga, but you use cards and you also have this adorable rhino meeple that you move up and down the tower so it's it's just a fun little filler
2: it reminds me of kind of the feeling you get when you play like jenga yeah you said um, you know it it's like i don't want to say it takes a lot of skill but it kind of does take skill to get those cards positioned just right and you know, one little false move can send the tower down, so.
0: Yes. And imagine, you know, we played it on the floor. Now, imagine mm-hmm. if we played on one of the tables they had, the ones that we kept jostling into mm-hmm. and moving around. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't have lasted as long, I think.
1: No, it definitely wouldn't have.
0: <laughs> Let's move on to another game from, this is from Portal Games from 2012. And this is a little game. It's, it's not that long. It's kind of a like a pocket game, really. It's called Robinson Crusoe. Oh God. <laughs>
2: oh god. I, I've been waiting for you to mention this game. I'm <laughs> just like in Weird. dread waiting for this to happen.
0: You you've both played this game now. So Jeff has played did you own it, Jeff, or did you just play it? I own it. I, oh,
2: I didn't know you owned it, Jeff.
1: Yeah, I own the second edition, but I never actually played it yet. It's on my wow. bucket list.
2: Well, let, do I have a treat for you? <laughs> <laughs> so Robin Crus- Crusoe, I think the best part about this game was that anyone, and no matter who, anyone that went by and saw that we were, you know, setting up this game or about to play this game, they were like... um you're going to, I mean, you're going to hate your life or you're (laughs) going to have the worst time or you are going to fail miserably. Like there was no, but it it wasn't that they were discouraging us from playing it. They just were like, look, I'm trying to warn you now, you're not going to be successful. (laughs) And that was kind of the theme throughout our playthrough. We didn't finish because when we probably about, I don't know, an hour and a half, 2 hours in, we realized that we were playing some crucial mechanic incorrectly. <laughs> and it was like, you know what? We're just we're just going to stop. Because and I think the reason why is because like Apex, the rules for this game were just so intense. There's so many pages, so many things to look at. We actually at one point had to a- start asking around at other tables. Hey, have you played Robinson Crusoe? Do you know what this symbol means? Cause we can't find it anywhere online or in the rule book. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, it was just, it, <laughs> it's like, it wants to doom you. It doesn't give you the full rules. Cause it wants to just doom you from the start, I guess. Um, all that aside. I really enjoyed it, and I would not hesitate picking it back up again because it was just so involved. I, and I like that surviving theme. You know, you gotta you gotta get the resources, and you have to make decisions that could affect your survival. Just to give you kind of an insight on what it feels like, it was like every it's a co op game. Every turn, we basically had to decide who's not gonna eat, who's gonna lose a health or two, who is going to like it. One of us was going to be hurt every turn, at least one of us, if not all of us. And you had to collect certain resources to start building some things like, I'm trying to remember an example, but it was like our mission, we needed a lot of wood and fire. I think that was our way of trying to get off this island was to build some kind of, you know, crazy, like, uh, what do you call it, like bonfire to get someone's attention but it was like we could never gather those resources because we had to get food and that took a lot of power and we had to explore and so it it was just very intense kind of depressing if you need some team bonding maybe you know you can all bond through dying together on the island i'm not sure so <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it it was fun it was fun
0: now you played this with Janus and Brendan right yes yes, yes. I remember you, I don't know I think you guys, I think Brandon asked me if I wanted to play and I don't remember how hard I laughed, but it was pretty, pretty hard.
2: <laughs> and this, I mean, this was late, Yeah, late, late <laughs> that we thought this was a good idea, a good mix to not only play a game that notoriously defeats your soul, but also <laughs> at one o'clock in the morning or something like that. So
1: yeah, definitely not a good game to do at that time of night. Just like you shouldn't pull out StarCraft the board game in that amount of time.
0: (laughs) Did you end up playing StarCraft at all?
1: Uh, no. uh, I think Albert and Jared volunteered to play. And I just looked at it and I'm like, no!
0: It's like a certain threshold of time, right? It's, you know, maybe at midnight you might start considering things, but once it starts getting close to like 1 or 2 and it's just like,
1: yeah. (laughs) Sleep. Sleep is good. So I will definitely bring Robinson Crusoe if I'm able to make it to uh, this year's uh, marathon. And hopefully I'll learn the rules. So then we have a less hard uh, soul-crushing time playing it.
0: Oh, good. Because I was going to say, when we're playing for 24 hours for charity, it's too happy. And I really think we need something to bring yeah. it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> to, to remind us that life sucks. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I want to give this game a shot. I just, yeah. I've heard so many great things about it, mm-hmm. but, um.
1: Yeah, I haven't been able to get it to the table yet. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> if you need a reference, Watch It Played it actually did a really good rules overview, so I'll probably be studying that for the next week or so, and then reading the rule books.
2: There you go. And by then, by the time November comes around, we should be good.
0: <laughs> yes, hopefully.
2: We should be ready.
0: Uh, Speaking of a game we should definitely play in November and every week for the rest of our lives, this is a game from uh, Red Glove Games, which is an Italian company, but now it's coming to America in quick, simple, fun games, and that is Russian Bash. Woo! Now, Russian Bash is a Mario Kart-style game where everyone is in a car, you're a crazy character from one of, I think, Red Glove Games' other games, and you just kind of drive around a track shooting missiles or throwing bombs. So when I got this game, I picked this up when Anita and I were in Rome last year, and I went to a Roman gaming store and I wanted to buy something that was Italian. And I said, "Give me something Italian. I want an Italian-made <laughs> game." And they gave me the the multilingual international version of Red Gloves Russian Bash because they said it's a very popular game. People like it a lot. It's you know it's fun and and whatnot. So it was it was made in Italy. It's an Italian game. And but luckily there was. And there was English in this copy. And I'm like, yes. And Tom Vassell had reviewed it on his website, but I don't think up until this year it, it had been available in America. Or at least I don't think it was.
1: I think it was closer to the end of last year-ish. So definitely this year and of last year around there.
0: Yeah, because at first it was like you couldn't find it. Like If you looked on Cool Stuff, Inc. or Amazon or anywhere else, you just couldn't find it. And I'm like, man, I got something really cool that some people like, and I'm going to bring it to Dice Tower Con. Everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, this is a cool game. And and I'm going to be like, yeah, I got it in Italy, and and you can't get it here. It's so easy be just be a, a cocky jerk about it. And lo and behold... Quick, simple, fun games are like, oh hey guys, check out my Russian Bash that we're yep. going to give to Americans. I'm like, oh come on, and like now I'm seeing like three different groups playing it there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fine. fine Jacob whatever. was trying to be the cool
2: kid, and like always, it blew up in your face.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but Russian Bash is a lot of fun. It is not a intense game. I, I wouldn't even call it strategy. You have three cards in front of you, and you pick one, and you might be able to use a superpower that lets you go eight spots ahead of everyone and blow everyone up, which is a lot of fun. This is not a mentally challenging game, and I don't think it should be. And I think that's what makes it just—it's a great in-between, serious game-type games.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a great filler. I actually bought this from my uh, local game store. Unfortunately, they're closing, but I got a really good deal on
0: it. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Jeff, I thought I made it clear I'm the only one who can have a copy. <laughs> okay, so you're going to have okay, to return Jacob, that. Okay, Jacob,
2: you have the Italian copy. That actually, what Doesn't it not actually have the Italian language, though? <laughs>
0: no, it has <laughs> German, Spanish, English, and, and French.
2: <laughs> what, I, what I love about this game, like you said, it, it isn't very serious. Like, it doesn't take a lot of that mental capacity to play. It's not heavy sh- strategy because you can only do with the cards that you're dealt. But it's still engaging enough to keep attention to everyone gets very serious seriously involved in the game
3: yes, you know what yes. I
2: mean? just like Mario Kart <laughs>
1: yes I love how it's just like Mario Kart and Wacky Racers mm-hmm. If remember the old, yeah. the, old mm-hmm. the old Hanna-Barbera cartoon
0: the next one here is Santorini from Roxley Games I played mm-hmm. this with Emily I think we mm-hmm. were playing it one of the early evenings or middle of the con, yeah. we were kind of looking for something simple. I think it was getting really late, and we were just kind mm-hmm. of looking for something we could we could do one on one. I think Jeff was playing a game somewhere else or went went back to sleep. And the creator was there uh, at the convention. We unfortunately yeah. did not get to see him. I wanted him to sign my copy, but it just didn't come to it it, it. it didn't come to be. Santorini is a game we have reviewed on the website, so please check out the review uh, if you want to hear my thoughts. But Emily, this was your first time playing it, so what did you think?
2: I absolutely loved it. I loved the theme. Um, I teach ninth grade literature. So we talk about Greek mythology every year. And so I loved the theme. I could really, that was accessible. Um, I really look for those good two-player games because, you know, it's just Sean and I at the house. And, you know, when we don't meet up with you guys or go to one of the game stores, you know, we try to find games just us. And a lot of times the games we have are better with more than two players so I'm always on the hunt for some good two player games and I really felt like um, there's a lot of strategy involved with this game which I think I-, I love those because it is kind of a test of that you know mental skill so I, I mean I thought all around great game
0: yeah this is this is a good one and Jeff you've, you've played this too you own it right
1: yes I do I love it because I only got to play it once where we got multiple games and during the game night And we basically played through a lot of the gods, and it was just, it's a lot of fun. It's cute.
0: It is. It's a cute game.
2: And I would like to say that we are also now proud owners of it, as of today.
0: (laughs) Congratulations. You're going to have a shower for it?
2: Uh, I think so. I think so. Well, the reason why this is such a big deal is because it was sold out everywhere. and I mean, you go on Amazon, and it's like $100 because... it's just not available somehow i I was on reddit and i was just kind of curious and i looked it up because i thought by now it would kind of the price would go down and it's still seventy hundred dollars oh wow so i went on reddit and target actually has it for twenty dollars and a lot of people were saying that was already sold out like by the time they got on i got on it's here in augusta and it's available, so I'm gonna pick it up from the store later today.
0: <laughs> oh wow, that's nice. what I saw in the post too. I saw they were that, that they're selling it now at Target for 20 bucks, which is yes. fantastic. And the picture that they showed it where it was, there were no copies. They just showed the price tag because yep. it was already sold out. But I guess in people in Augusta, it's it's funny with Augusta, and this is a quick yeah. aside. Uh, this little city that we live in here, games that sell out everywhere else that you can never get at the game stores here, you can find them. And we've got a lot of board gamers here, but we have also have a lot of board gamers. They, they started that board game Facebook group recently. You'll notice mm-hmm. they're really into like, those really heavy kind of Euros. Mm-hmm. You know? So things that are more thematic or more like Ameritrash, as you'd call it, might not be picked up as much. So, for example, when Star Realms first came out, they couldn't make them fast enough. What happened is they got a you couldn't find a copy anywhere and they were only like fifteen dollars but they would go up on Amazon to you know a higher prices twenty fifty dollars or something stupid like that but there was always a copy available at the local game store I think they had a copy of Scythe sitting there for a while when wow. it was sold out uh, Star Star Wars Rebellion was sitting there mm-hmm. untouched unpurchased people were mm-hmm. looking for it and so I guess yeah that that was a great find at Target because a lot more people go to Target there also. A quick aside, I spoke to the owner, uh, Robert, who owns Cardboard Castle Games, which is one of uh, the stores I go to around Augusta, mm-hmm. and he was talking to me about Clank, which by the way has blown up there. Yes. It has blown up. He's He sold out of his copies and had to keep ordering more because people kept buying it, and I was there for last Sunday's gaming, and we I played it twice, and then another group was playing it too, so that's wow. and it's, not, it's not a huge store. Uh, compared to like much bigger cities so that's a lot and a lot of mm-hmm. people were there playing magic and all of this stuff but yeah clank's getting played
2: yeah and we saw that at the con too it was one of those games that it felt like no one was talking about when it came to saying what's the best game at the con or what's you know but it was a game everyone was playing yeah everyone. it was a weird game. weird scenario
0: this is a game, I played this game last year, and I remember this game because I didn't like it that much. I thought it was a good game, but it wasn't my kind of game. Jeff played it this year. This is uh, Navoo Games 2015 Stockpile.
1: Yes, Stockpile. I actually really like this one. It's a uh, stock market game, but when you think of stock market, do you think, oh, this is going to be super heavy, this is mm-hmm. going to be so difficult, but it's really, really simple. It's a gateway-level game. Yeah, basically, you're all owners of a company, and you're trying to gobble up as much stock as you can. And the fun thing is that everybody has a little piece of insider information, so you'll know that so and so stock is gonna go is gonna go up this round in value, while other people have different information, like oh. XYZ is going to make a payout. Oh, uh, the baby boomers is going to go down or whatever. And you have to pay attention to see what everybody is buying up and what what they're trying to sell out to. Because whoever has the most amount of points in the form of cash wins the game.
0: Just like life.
2: Just like
3: life.
1: I absolutely love the push and pull and like you have like the take that action cards where if someone really really wants that pile of cards you can have them pay an insane amount of money and then be like oh you also have to pay another five thousand because we all put our uh take that cards in that pile it's a fun game
0: it's it's not a bad game at all i don't think stock markets are kind of my thing that's why i wasn't that into it uh when we played it but I but I recognized it as a very accessible and at times fun game. I guess it's just kind of the theme isn't really my thing. But I do love that there is somebody on the cover that clearly looks like a cartoon version yes. of Bernie Madoff. <laughs> uh, if, if you haven't seen it, look up the cover to this. It is if that's not Bernie Madoff, then I'll leave my microphone right now. So, <laughs> do it, do it, guys. We we skipped a game. What game do we skip? And. I'm gonna go back. We skipped it just by one because I put this all alphabetical, and that would be a a really little unknown game from Stonemeyer Games called Scythe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, how did we miss Scythe?
0: Oh my God. So yeah, Scythe is a favorite of all of ours. Um, I've played it once while I was there, taught a second game of it, and then Emily, I believe you are the you are the Scythe master this yeah. this time.
2: Yeah, it happened accidentally. <laughs> accidentally what? that you played
0: three three games of Scythe?
2: Was it three or was it four? I don't know. You played
0: was it four? Was it four? It, was there a fourth one? Maybe I didn't it know was about? just
2: three. Maybe it was just three. Because we played the first night. Yes. I know. I, pl- I played it with one group, and then I taught it to another group. Did we play it twice? Because I know I played it twice, not with you guys.
0: No, no. I I played it. I played it once. Mm-hmm. That, that first evening, we all played it together. The second time, I don't remember if Jeff played it, but I taught it, and you were playing that yep.
2: one. Yep. Okay, so it must have been three. times. The Third
0: time, you mm-hmm. said, "Yeah, you wanted." You said you wanted to teach the mm-hmm. game, so mm-hmm. I was like, "Go for it." So tell us about the Meeples of Polonia.
2: Okay, so Meeples of Polonia started. I was playing Polonia. I don't remember what my. I, I want to say maybe industrial was my car. I don't know. I really can't remember, but um. I, I don't, it just kind of happened that I didn't build any sites. It, there was too many, it needed, it cost too much. It was too, it was going to take too long for me to gather all those materials. And I just kind of put my sites elsewhere. And because I had no sites, it was kind of scary all throughout the, oh, sorry, mechs. That's what I, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. Restart. It kind of happened. I didn't mean it. You know, I didn't mean to not build any mechs, but it just cost too much. It was too it was going to take too many turns for me to get the resources. I needed to build the mechs, and it just wasn't going to work out. So, because I didn't have any mechs on the board, I felt very vulnerable throughout the game. So, I would kind of band my meeples together, and we became the meeples of Polonia. And it, it was just because I was gathering all these resources, and I didn't have any mechs to protect them. So, it was just my meeples, and I was kind of, you know... I was betting on the fact that people wouldn't want to lose their popularity to (laughs) send all my meeples back. So um, that was how it happened. And so I just focused on getting my popularity up. I was doing some of the other different moves and I think I got my popularity up so much that that I, I, that's for me, getting your popularity to that third tier really can, can make or break a game like that. So it was really exciting.
0: <laughs> you end up you you were playing a five player game with yes. some very aggressive people. Yeah, yes. they were,
2: and and I think that was to my advantage that there were multiple aggressive people because they started really. You know how it is in scythe. You it, you put so you invest so much that when someone fights you <laughs> and gets into that conflict and then sends you back and you lose all that you've built. Um, and you lose that momentum, you start to take it out on each other a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh, it's it's frustrating. It's one of those things. Like like I've walked away from more games of Scythe like upset than any other game, mm-hmm. but I love it so much because of that because yeah. it's so visceral and the game mm-hmm. is so fun and and yeah. But um, you ended up winning the game. Yep. You you ended up winning that one, which I thought was great. And though and I bring up Meeple's of Polonia because you were. Tweeting pictures of it mm-hmm. the whole time with a hashtag, mm-hmm. and I, I think it got liked or retweeted by um, Stenmeyer, Stone mm-hmm. Stenmeyer Games. Was was it by? What, did Jamie Stegmeyer do mm-hmm. it? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, the creator, uh, mm-hmm. retweeted it, and I think
2: a couple the others. That,
0: yeah, the company that made all the meeples. little meeples we were mm-hmm. using too. Was that Meeples Source or? Yep, it was Meeples Source. Meeples Source. Yeah,
2: and so that was it. It, it was fun in that sense because I I really did feel like I was telling a story with my meeples, and um. It was just one of those opportunities that, you know, you just can't, you just can't make up. It just happens. And (laughs) it's great. Yeah,
1: it was insane. I, I was just like, wait, what? How the hell did he pull that off?
0: <laughs> I just I didn't believe it. I didn't believe you could I didn't think it was possible.
2: it's kind of you know, and it, it's kind of that peak. So I've peaked now in Scythe in my <laughs> Meeples of Polania that it's like what I mean, what can I do that could top that experience? I don't know Well it's
0: okay when when the wind gamut expands oh, and there's a whole new stuff for us to explore and then you know, forget all the other games we need to play through. And I uh, still
2: haven't played the new expansion characters.
0: No, you haven't, so um,
2: so yeah, so it's definitely. I mean, I still love Scythe and still play it over and over, but it definitely was a moment that that was the top.
0: <laughs> of course, we've also got we've also got Pandemic Legacy, vs. Mm-hmm. Minions, mm-hmm. Time Stories. More,
2: we need to play the other boards in Clank.
0: Other board, oh the other boards in Clank. Yeah, um, we,
2: yeah. we we've got a full lineup, and now Fallout's coming, and I'm like, what else am oh, I yeah, gonna the Fallout play? Game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, but speaking of one of these games, uh, the next one is a game from Space Cowboys, and that is an expansion for Time Stories that you got to play, mm-hmm. also with uh, uh, Brendan and Janus, and that and was Under the Mask. David
2: and David Carlton and his son. So that was my first experience with Time Stories. I really had no idea what to expect. I had heard a couple of different... I mean, you've talked about it, and I've heard a couple other people talk about it, um, but I still wasn't prepared, you know, when we started, and I realized oh, like I have to keep notes and I have to write this stuff down. And it's like, I'm playing. You're not playing as necessarily a pawn in the game, but it's like you are in the game. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
2: I, I really enjoyed that. It was very interactive. It was really neat to kind of go through the different scenes and kind of make those decisions with the group. Uh, we didn't finish because it took a lot longer than I think we expected. And so some people had other prior arrangements so we didn't get to finish which I'm actually thankful for because I want to go back with you guys you know with our steady group and start from the beginning um because I've heard that there are those easter eggs in every expansion or in every story that when you're playing with a consistent group you can kind of do some fun stuff with
1: oh yeah there's actually an item that you get from the first thing that affects what little things in the next one I'm not gonna try I'm gonna try not to spoil it mm-hmm. but the first one the most important character in there is the cocaine addict
3: oh god
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the first is an asylum so for a bit of context of why I just said that cocaine addict addict is the most important character uh, we don't condone drug use here but it's no.
0: Just hilarious. you might not, but
1: <laughs> it's just here
2: at Geek and Spiel.
0: You're a geek and spiel. <laughs> <laughs> We're always looking for the next great high <laughs> in board games. Yeah,
2: um, thing. another thing I liked about ta- Time Stories. So we actually played with five people, even though it's technically a four-player game. But because it is so interactive, and because a lot of it is your discussion with the group. David and his son, they kind of played as one character and it really worked out fine because there was, it wasn't so much like, okay, you know, that other player is just sitting around, you know, not doing anything. Like we, he's, we all got to talk and discuss and think aloud about what we were doing and what our next steps were, and if we should go back and all that stuff. So that, it was kind of neat, the flexibility.
0: I have yet to beat Time Stories Asylum, which is the only one I've played. I've played it with Anita and Caitlin and Luke. We've done two evenings of it, long evenings. And even when we think we know where to go, we can never seem to beat it in time. So part of me is wondering if I'm playing it correctly. But there's a lot of stuff with dice rolling that could just go poorly. Mm-hmm. Your character could die yep. and then find yourself back. So I imagine it could be difficult to try and retread those. I have one or two other expansions. I've got one that jeff gave me that's that's the zombie one yeah i know and i know how much you love zombies so <laughs> yes. i know we'll crack into that
1: Oh, uh, with the game with asylum have you been keeping the ones with the little blue symbols separate
0: we've only ever gotten one of those okay yeah that's what that's what i'm wondering like are we not keep are we running into them and just not using them but maybe i need to look a little harder but uh so far we've only gotten like one or two that add to the map i think and if there's anything else uh, we we've we probably got a double check that mm. but again that's another game that's that's great that has a lot of storytelling to it and it just needs time to sit down and play yeah, definitely god we're busy people
1: <laughs> <laughs> i have two expansions on the uh queue uh the uh fantasy with the D one and that one. the the uh, ex- Expedition Endurance one.
0: I want that one because I think that's a Lovecraft one. And
1: it's also actually based on. I think it's based on the actual expedition that happened where the people were trying to cross the An- Antarctic
0: and just.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, everything went wrong.
0: Product of Cthulhu. Most Cthulhu. likely, yes. Blame it on Cthulhu! a quick aside about that Uh, a lot of people complain that there are way too many cthulhu games out there because it's a very common theme and and a lot of people take advantage of it because it's you know
2: i wonder who doesn't have a problem with that
0: i don't that's (laughs) that's bringing them i don't care just paste it on everything i'll 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 do it i'll buy it
2: There is something that I just keep seeing over and over with Lovecraft, and I'm sure you've seen it, and I, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I need to get that for Jacob, but I'm sure you probably already have it. Is it maybe the Cthulhu Love Letter? There's something, there's some new Cthulhu Lovecraft game like that out, and I'm trying to remember there's what it new is. There's
0: a Love Letter version called Love Letter, Love, Lovecraft Letter, I think. <laughs> yes, and I think so. It has so. whole new mechanics to the game. I think the cards are bigger than usual, and... And yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. If you want to buy it for me, of course, I'll I'll gladly take that from you. But <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, the reason I haven't jumped on that one yet is because I already own three different versions of of yeah. Love Letter. Uh, but this one might be different enough to to consider it. But but yeah, but th- that's one of the ones where it's like oh, I've already got a Batman one and an Archer one. That and, see,
2: that my- is what Sean Sean and I really want to pick up Flux because we really enjoyed playing that a couple months ago. But we're so st- we're like, which one do we get? Because there's so many, you know. And it's like, <sighs> so.
1: They have a Batman Flux, which is a lot of fun.
2: I think that's the- we played that one. We really that's enjoyed that one. one. But we're not super Batman. I mean, we like Batman. Don't get us
0: Who wrong. Who says they're not super Batman?
3: But, uh, <laughs> no. I
2: mean, <laughs> but it's like, mm, but we like Adventure you Time. Get America too, or what? <laughs> oh well you already know how i feel about
0: no i captain america oh yeah captain oh yeah i'm sorry team iron man which over here. is disgusting
1: they oh. actually just came out with a drinking flux so if you're looking <laughs> oh, my for team, <laughs> oh my god oh my god
0: you know because was it, it wasn't it, it wasn't crazy enough already <laughs> no
2: <laughs> add alcohol what could go wrong
1: sponsored by geek and
0: spiel Why not add alcohol?
2: (laughs) I think we could really go somewhere with that kind of, um, what do you call, having like Geek and Spiel drinks and like drinking while playing some of these board games. Oh, my God. That could be a whole thing. Robin Robin Crusoe Crusoe with alcohol. alcohol.
0: (laughs) I think you should die this turn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of games you should play while drinking, uh, the next one is from Cheap ass games and that is a game called Unexploded cow.
2: Oh my God <laughs> that,
0: that I love to death and I've been yes. watching it for a while like online to pick it up and it went really cheap on Amazon. I just grabbed it it's it's a stupid game. you are putting mm-hmm. cows in front of yourself or other people they're all you know they all have names they're all wearing some kind of military uniform they some of them have special abilities like pests a bomb over to another one. Oh, that's right bombs you blow up the cows the cows are, yeah, the cows are not blown up so you blow up cows and when you do you get points or you take points from other people and the points are done through money and so you you play these cards that either you know give you some extra money or let you play other cows and you might have spy cows that you put in front of other people that when they blow them up you get the money for it uh, and it's just it's just insane it's a big take that game
2: and it's just so fun it's such a fun filler game yeah.
0: Oh, yeah it's great
2: like compare this to uh, Grizzled <laughs> another <laughs> war theme game
0: uh, <laughs> Grizzled's a good a good filler game too but Grizzled's oh, also it's, like, Grizzled. it's kind of that heaviness of war and depression yeah. and, oh we're gonna lose and with and then you take another game that also feels like it's from the same time period you're just yep. <laughs> blowing up cows now <laughs>
2: But you just blown out cows!
0: Uh, so that's Unexploded Cow.
2: Very fun. 10 out of 10 would recommend.
1: It was my first time playing it and, oh, so much fun every single time I played it. And David from the Queen Games booth? Yes. I think he, he liked it too, a lot.
0: Yes. Did he play with us?
1: Yes, he did. Uh, it was after we played Ethnos, I think.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause you, how can you not like that game <laughs> it was a great way to clean out ethnos from my mouth but <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, um, alright we're, we're down to our last game guys this is the last game this is a game that just came out this year also from formal ferret games taught to me especially by his creator Gilhova and that is Wordsy
3: Wordsy.
0: Wordsy is a word creation game there are 8 letters in front of you on top on these kind of uh, small cards and two of each of them are above a certain point value so they go down five four three two one so you might have two letters for each one and everyone has to look at these cards and on their pad write down a word that uses as many of those letters as possible there are never any vowels and you don't have to use every letter and it can be any word you want it's just got to be a word so you look at this and you try to get as many words as possible and then you count any points from the letters that you did use. So uh, let's say the word is happy and there's already two P's and a Y out there. Well, you get the points for those two P's and the Y's and some of the, wor- some of the letters are rarer than others so they give you bonus points. This is a really simple, great take on word games, especially – so if you're, if you're into games like Scrabble or Boggle – or anything like that, this is a fresh take on that. It's creative. If you're good at words, it's fun. If you're not good at words and in your vocabulary, it's okay. Cause you could still do really well and have a lot of fun with it. What happens is when you come up with a word, whoever comes up with the first flips a timer over and everyone else has to, you know, finish up before that timer ends. But if someone gets a better word than the guy who flips the timer, they get bonus points and there's all this stuff. And the best part is if you messed up a bunch, You can cross out some of your worst scores, so only your best words make it out in the end.
2: Which, that's nice. That's a nice little
1: mechanic. It is.
0: So, you know, if you have a really bad round, well, that score's not going to matter anyway. And I do
1: have a suggestion. Don't play it with an English teacher, (laughs) because (laughs) he will destroy you. Uh, Who are you talking about? uh, My friend Lloyd, who is South so this is his second language. But he still destroyed us at this game, <laughs> but it was oh, it was so much fun
0: jeff when when you and I played it, you and i i i, I only won but only by like a couple of points, you were like right behind me,
1: yeah, it and was, I think
0: we were really close and and I have an English masters, so, so well... what I say is great job keeping up with me, jeff, no, um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also played this game with Anita and Caitlin and Luke a couple nights ago. And Caitlyn has, also has a very strong English background and she's also a lawyer, so she has she's used to a lot of incredibly verbose words. So <laughs> she ended up crushing all of us. While Anita, this is not a game she's fully comfortable with because her background is not fully, you know, English language. Crazy vocabulary. She she prefers things that are more mathematical and science. So, but she still did well. She still had fun with it. Yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to say is I'm great. That's all I'm trying to say. Um. Yes,
1: exactly. And I'm just right behind you there, ready to push you off the edge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Thank you for listening to part two. This is the games we played. Join us next time. while we'll talk about the rest of the convention. We'll talk about our smash up tournament, uh, the vendor hall approaching dawn the witching hour the interview we got to do with the creator and the mega game which jeff is super exciting because tom Vassel and eric summer already released their podcast on that just last week and yes, they have they their did. thoughts about it and i want to compare their thoughts to ours and, and see what you thought and also i noticed in a thread here on board game geek the people from future tense who ran the game are talking about working on the video and there's already pictures on facebook of which you and i are in a couple of them yeah i saw I'm Jacob. I'm Jeff. And I'm Emily. And this is Geekish and Spiel's podcast. See you next time.
1: Bye.
0: Geek and Spiel exit music.